so. So is a good place to start, actually. So, a deer, a female. No, 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 no not so a deer. Okay. So, as in wet, the first word ah. of Beowulf, as translated by Seamus Heaney. Beowulf is going to come in later. We're going to weave that in. Sometimes rendered as listen. Listen, yeah. But yes, go go ahead. Oh, in oh. the modern vernacular, I believe it's yo fam, but I could be entirely I, wrong. I, I would not know. No. Modern vernacular for me is 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 approximately sort of eighteen seventeen. Yes. I don't do it entirely Victorian. Yo fam, listen up, man got words. I I believe that's how it starts in Beowulf. Is I have I could be entirely wrong. I who somebody did that, didn't they? They, they did a cork they, version. No, that 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 bit. <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah, that's a, that's a quote from somebody, isn't it? I'll have to go look it up. It's in my brain and I'm not quite sure why or how, but a that's cor- not entirely unknown. A cork version as in Cork in Ireland? Cork in Ireland. Oh, OK. That, yeah. that could be fun. Uh, yes. <clears throat> yeah, I'll see if I can dig out the recording of that because it's just gorgeous. I still like your um, your man uh, who did the Havamal in... in um, Cowboy. In Cowboy. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Professor yeah. Jackson Crawford. Jackson Crawford, that's the name. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, quite, quite lovely. Anyway, hello. Hello. This is us. On the raggedy edge. On the raggedy edge. <laughs> Don't push me and I won't push you back. Ah, uh, I aim to misbehave. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How should we go about misbehaving? Oh, it, uh, <laughs> do you need instructions? I mean, <laughs> I can draw you some pictures, um, <laughs> diagrams. We are an audio. Arrows. We are an audio-only channel, aren't we? We are. Good. That's probably quite a good thing about now. <laughs> oh dearie me! Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Indeed. Crackle, crackle. Crackle. <laughs> That's never getting old. You know that, Sorry. don't you? Welcome around the virtual campfire for episode 66 of Frithcast. Executes episode 66. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we'll just talk between ourselves while the music plays. While the music's on. Bing, 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 bing. <clears throat> yeah. And so. Roll, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern eat your heart out. Absolutely. Did, no, that was the Merchant of Venice. Where they had somebody's heart out. Really? Yeah. I was thinking about the Stoppard play where it shows all the downtime bits in Hamlet. Oh, the the, the sort of below decks <laughs> yeah. kind of job. Yeah, yeah. Where the odd scenes in Hamlet come to them and then they just kind of sit there and wait for their scenes to that, happen and it's quite genius. That's right. There was a there was an episode of Babylon 5 that was like that, wasn't there? Where it was it was concentrating just on like a couple of engineers or something. A couple of like cleaners or maintenance yeah. workers, yeah, and they were the storyline just wove in and out of them. Yeah, and they, every now you'd see people like rushing past and dealing, de- yeah. off, going off to do with deal with a crisis, and they're just like, ah, oh, I'll just scrub this floor. Yeah, it was brilliant. Loved that. It was really good. But yeah, um, uh, so I, I mean, the music's probably stopped by now. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. That whole kind of minor character, major event thing is another thread that we're going to weave in later on. Don't worry. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, hello, hello listeners. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, we've done that. Welcome around the virtual campfire. For welcome, welcome, episode welcome. Sixty-six of Frithcast. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am mostly a heathen. I have had my coffee this morning. I just needed to tell you. You're the heathenest heathen I know. 
your list must be very short. Well, I know, I know. At least. One? Yeah. Okay. No, I know. I mean, I, 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 I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying other heathens are not heathen. I'm just moving on. Okay. Would you like to do your introduction, dear? Oh, yes. Hello, I'm <laughs> Kate. Uh, and I'm not a heathen at all. I'm the least heathen heathen I know. Um, <laughs> on account know. of not being a heathen at all. I'm more a, sort of a druidy thing. And I, and I happen to live here, so I kind of join in. Okay. So, yeah. What Welcome are we, to what are episode we... 66. Today we're going to talk about weird and orlog and other words that will win you at Scrabble. Well, that answered that question. Actually, it didn't. We got... What? Don't worry, I'll talk about it on the way. I'll okay. explain it, don't worry. I got so, weird. I know weird. You know weird? Yeah. What's weird? Things are weird. Are that's, they? that's a bit weird. Is it? Yeah, that's really weird. Okay. You know? When something's oddly strange, peculiarly baffling. Yeah. Um, sort of unsettlingly <clears throat> eerie. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Irrationally erratic. Okay, that, that can also of, win you at Scrabble. That kind of thing. Yes, I suppose Ooh, they will. Random aside, somebody at work the other day, uh, talking to a colleague of mine, said, uh, looking on looking for a, a group of students, and my colleague had said, "Oh, they're not here." They went, "Oh, that's randomly queer," and I was like, "I can do randomly queer." Randomly queer is all good. I can do that. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So yes, but no, you're right. Weird is a word in modern English. And it means something different to the weird that I'm thinking of, which I, is where it gets slightly more complicated. I suspected it might. Yes. So the weird I'm thinking of is W-Y-R-D. Not weird. W-E-I-R-E-I-E-R-D. Weird. Yes. Weird. 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 Yeah, weird. weird. So you might have seen it on occasion. And if you happen to hail from north of the wall... Mm-hmm past crow territory and into wildling territory you might have heard the phrase dree weird oh that wall yes yes there's a wall well i've been north of that wall you have um my my my, my family hail from north of that wall uh, okay descended from wildlings you are i am yes i am first first generation not wildling. not wildling yes okay <laughs> Alrighty, so you might have heard the expression up in Scotland of dree your weird. Dree your weird, exactly, yeah. yes, I've heard that. Um, so could you, as a once generation removed <laughs> Scottish person from north of the wall, but no longer <clears throat> civilised, now taking baths at least once a month, which is great. Occasionally. Yeah. Can you tell me what you understand by dree your weird? Dree your weird means, um, uh, yeah, basically accept your fate. It's, it's uh, you know, mm. stuff's going to happen to you. Yeah. And you've got to just kind of grip it and deal with it and, yeah. you know. Yeah, in the fork on the way past. Yeah, basically, it's not exactly, it's not exactly like a sort of seize the day thing. It's it's more sort of, um, it's more kind of fatalistic than that. It's, it's So a bit more kind of stoic than... Stoic! Yeah. Stoic, exactly that, okay. yes. Yes. And it's very different <laughs> from Langmey Yulumreek. That's probably good. I okay. just thought I'd mentioned it. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> right. Okay. So, weird. Yes. It comes from an old English word. It generally is translated as a fate, doom or destiny. Okay. To know your doom is to have an end fate, not literally for things bad to happen, although that might be included in the, the end fate part. We know our doom, but not the hour. Yes. I think uh, Emperor What's-His-Name said in Oblivion at one point. Okay. Might have to go that one look one up. But... Played by Patrick Stewart. 
Oh, definitely going to love in that one. In one of the Elder Scrolls games, <clears throat> and he appears at the beginning and okay. does a little bit of speech about, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen, we just don't know when. That's it. So basically... That's the yeah. whole thing. So it's from an Anglo-Saxon verb. Verb is a doing word. Okay. To do something. Yeah, yeah. So it comes from wealthen, which is the Anglo-Saxon word to become. To become, okay. So to grow into something, to change into something, to go towards an end goal of something, to become something. All right. Um, but it often gets translated in Old English to fate, doom or destiny. Okay. Um, you'll see it in... Uh, quite a few old poems. There's mm-hmm. all this mention of weird. If you look at it in Old Norse, you'll see it as orlog with some of those wee little balancing dots on it. Okay. You might see an Old Saxon as word, W-U-R-D. You might see it in Old High German as wurt, ah. W-U-R-T. Okay. So it's... Wurt. Wurt, yeah. So it's generally the concept that all beings are subject to fate. Now, we know this, even the gods are subject to these fates, this mm. this becoming, this destiny, this having an end point, this having a fate, because even the gods have the Ragnarok, Yes. which, despite their efforts, they can't change. No. In fact, their efforts tend to drive them towards it, not away from it. I'm trying to think of that quote by Galadriel, which is showing Frodo the mirror. Yeah. pool of water and he's looking into the water and he's seeing terrible things happening back in the Shire and he wants to go home Yeah, and uh, stop it. to stop it and she says she says the mirror shows many things Some I, I, I may be quoting from the film more than the book some that was some that some was that some that are. are some that yet may be um, some that may never come to pass unless those who behold the visions turn aside from their path to prevent them yes and it's kind of tied up with the concept of it's better not to know than to know too much. Yeah. Even Odin the Allfather, when he knows too much, he becomes very morose because he knows where it's going. Yeah. So is it better not to know and to enjoy the day or is it better to know and be preoccupied with it? That's a huge thing. It's a big question. It's a huge, huge big yeah. question. But for us here, for this discussion, fate this word weird or orlog there's a lot of references to it in the poem beowulf okay where it's described that fate is inerexable it's it's a set ending it's a set point it has set interactions and set places yeah it's also in the last line of the poem the wanderer mm. as again and again as fate is something that you can't go against okay in the Fafnis Mal, it says to struggle against fate is to basically to try and row against a fierce wind. Yeah. You, you can try, but it ain't going to get you anywhere. So for the Vikings as a, a deeply pragmatic peoples, their understanding is it's not so much the manner of your fate, but it's how you go to meet it. Okay. It's what your attitude is, what your choices are. Mm. But how are they actually defining fate what is it to them it's not our word fate do more destiny it's a specific word to them that we are trying to translate imperfectly translations sometimes don't quite match you get a little kind of jag in 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 actual precise interpretations of a word well i mean it's very difficult to 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 carry the all the connotations of a word across over i mean um 
just because you've mentioned that, I know it's not strictly related <coughs> to what we're talking about, but the I, I I was listening to a thing the other day and it was um it was talking about I think it was a, a video on YouTube <clears throat> and it was talking about uh the 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 shifting idea in Judeo Christian and Islamic theology mm. about hell. Yeah. Uh as in hell the the, the punishment realm yeah. for monotheists. Don't um, eat your heart out. Yeah, exactly. The inferno, yeah. all that kind of thing. And 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 uh it was talking about how that I think it was Lindsay Ellis. She was talking about um, uh, Hades. Okay, yeah. And she was talking about because one of the one of the things that's, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. Sorry. One of the things that's that's always a little bit grating for for somebody a, a Roman pagan like me, mm. um, or a pagan with a lot of Roman leanings, let's say, is is when I see Hades represented as, um, as the the, de- the devil. Yeah. Uh, but she was talking about how they, we, they, the the concept of hell has shifted, and the fact that they've they've borrowed the word hell mm. from Norse. Yeah, where it's a completely Norse different cosmology, kind where it's a very very different thing entirely. But of course, now if you say to somebody hell, but it's got that connotation with it, so it's like you can you can use it as a functional translation. Yeah, the realm of the dead, blah blah blah. Yeah, but it's got that connotation of punishment to it. It's got that sort of yeah cultural and, connotations on top of it. Yeah, so you're actually starting to, to to you know you're shifting the meaning because the the word has certain things that are kind of wrapped up in it. Yeah, kind of attached but not seen. Yeah. So you take a word and you try and translate it directly, you're losing those attached but not seen cultural understandings that people attach to it. Mm. In that society, you take that word out of that society and put it somewhere else, you're losing all the weight of that culture that's associated, meaning that's attached to it. Yeah. It's very, when you see the word weird, it's very much associated with the norms. Yeah. It's very much associated with weaving or spinning. So weaving, spinning and cutting is are three of the jobs that you might be quite familiar with, with the parkai. That's right, yes. The, uh, the the Roman fate. Yeah, so there are three major norns who weave, cut and spin. There's also a description in Njal's saga. Mm-hmm. We'll put a link in the description-y thing. But there's a description in there of Valkyries setting the course of a battle by weaving a tapestry. Okay. And they're weaving a tapestry on a loom that is made of weapons and entrails, human entrails. They're weaving human entrails into weapons to out to do the course of a battle. This is this is my this is I'm not sure what I for That's your incredulous face. My incredulous not incredulous. <laughs> not incredulous exactly. Because I can cred that. Yeah. I can well and truly cred that. Yeah. Um I can only hope that they're kind of doing the whole kind of gloves and you know, aprons thing, because otherwise yeah, getting blood out of chainmail. Don't try and do it because it takes for flipping ever. Yeah, but it. I I had not heard that at all. I yeah. I, I, I mean, even one, one story and one image of even, them building this loom. Even putting aside the image of the the weapons and the entrails, you know, just the idea of the Valkyries weaving the battle. I did not Setting know they fate. did yeah. that. I'd yeah, Valkyries are complicated, and they're going to take to a say whole. The least. Probably at least a whole episode of, of talking through them, but in this the one particular... In, the one in Thor Ragnarok is complicated, I'll tell you I, that. I know, I know. You can, yeah, come back. Sorry. Hello. Carry on. Yeah, in this particular image in Nal's saga, uh, they are weaving the fate of the battle between 
using a loom made out of weapons and human entrails. Mm. They're weaving them together to create, to set the fate of that battle, which is very odd for me because I didn't think the Valkyries were ones to choose. I thought they were sent. But well, they, 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 yeah, they choose, the, they choose the, the people because that's what it means, doesn't it? Well, actually, no, it yeah. doesn't. No, I in always... some cases, Odin commands them to choose. Yeah, I, always, I often hear the Valkyries referred to as the choosers of the slain, but that's yes. not what the word means. No. The word... Because Val, Valk is Valor, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's, um, maybe, maybe it's the choosers of the, the, the Valorous? I don't know. Yeah, we're going to have to do an episode where we dig into that because Valkyries is a whole different thing. We're going to stick mm. with Weird and Orlog and other awesome words that will win you at Scrabble. Listeners... Don't you like the diplomatic way she beat me back onto track there? <laughs> T-Rex on the planes! <laughs> Alrighty, I'm back in line now. Okay, you're back in Carry line on. Now. So, for those who use oracular divination, you may be able <clears throat> to see a piece of fate, but you may not know why that person is doing that fate or how they get from where they are now to what you can see. Yeah. And, yeah, they might end up trying to not go there and end up causing going there. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier with Galadriel, those who run away from a fate may be on the road to meet it. So, and, it and it doesn't matter how much second guessing you do, third guessing, fourth guessing, fifth guessing, you can never know. No. There's, um, if you'll forgive me wandering off, just very briefly on the same subject... Um, <laughs> There's a wonderful um, <laughs> there's a wonderful episode of Star Trek, mm. The Next Generation, and I'm trying to remember the name of the episode. I'm sure we can work it out and put it in the uh, uh, put it in the description. But it's it basically features the Enterprise is, is just tootling along quite happily at warp and runs into something. Mm. Oh, they run into some kind of spatial anomaly, and a ship comes out of it, and they get blown up. It r r hits them. Wow. It, it collides okay. with them. It's a, it's a federation <laughs> ship suddenly appears out of this mm. distortion, crashes into them, knocks off a warp, a warp nacelle, and they blow up. Mm. <clears throat> and then they find themselves back tootling through space at warp again. With the commander data and the pips thing. Yes. Yes. Okay, um, yeah, I remember but this it, one. It finishes up with they gradually, they, they seem to be stuck in this loop. Mm. And every time they get blown up, they go back to the beginning and they start, start it again. But it's yeah. always at the point where... They're just about to arrive at this sort of anomaly. Yeah. And they're going to get blown up again. And gradually over the course of several... I mean, you don't know how many loops. It could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of loops. Somewhere like Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Yeah, basically. It loops, yeah. Or Groundhog Day. You don't know how <clears> long it's actually going Groundhog on for. Day. But gradually over the course of the episode, they they manage to become aware that something is, is amiss. Yeah. It's all hand-waved a bit, but it's Star Trek. And they finish up uh, sitting in the conference room... And they're, they're discussing it and they go, okay, well, we need to do this. We need to change course. Yeah. And they're like, but maybe that's what we did last time. Yep. And we got blown up <laughs> yep. for it. Maybe we need to stay on course as we are now. But and maybe that's what takes But us then there. that's what... And of course, you can't know. It's like with the, with the limited information they had, they only knew that something happened, but they mm. didn't know how they got to it. Yep. So exactly you have this that. fixed point or the, the point that you hope is not fixed and you can avoid, but... What's the best course of action to take to steer away from it? And by steering away from it, one of the um, one of the ideas for how to how to, how the universe protects itself against time paradoxes in the event that time travel proves to be possible, people um, people have sort of theorised that 
if you can go back in back in time with the intention of you know one of the classics i'm going to go back in time and kill hitler before he can cause yeah all, 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 the ethics all. of doing that though well the ethics of doing that are, are, are one thing doctor who deals with that yeah the quite, ethics of quite... killing hitler's grandfather yeah but you also have the question of one of the the ideas is and i forget if it's Stephen Hawking talks about it and calls it the chrono chronology protection conjecture. And he says that the universe will protect itself from paradox by only allowing a time traveller to do things that will cause history to resolve in the way that we know history resolved. Whoa. So you go back in time, you've got your gun, you've, you know <clears throat> where Hitler's going to be, mm. uh, you do a thing, you know, you pull the trigger, you fail to pull the trigger, whatever it is you do sets Hitler on the course that will ultimately result in the Second World War and the Holocaust and, mm. and all these things. So you've you've gone back with the intention of stopping it, but in effect, you've made yourself the cause of it, yeah. as you always were. Okay, that got a bit deep. Sorry about that, carry Whoa. on. Okay, I'm just going to have a marshmallow break. <laughs> Coffee break. Check my knees are warm. Right, they are. That's good. Good, okay. good. So... The other phrase that you might hear in this is the web of weird, the interconnectedness between all things. Okay. So when you are weaving or when you are spinning and you're spinning fibres together, they're twisting together into one thread. Mm -hmm. So the web of weird is how things are interconnected. Okay. And you might see weird described as, it's odd because weird is not just your fate going forwards, it's where you've been. All right. It's like a, a force that is enacting on your life, which is derived from the cumulative power of your past actions. Okay. Yeah. Get your head around that. Take a minute. I'll leave you just to kind of ponder that one. But it's, it's not just going forward. It's your values and responsibilities and actions in the past that are causing you to go forward in the manner in which you are going forward and becoming. Okay. Yeah, did it suddenly get a bit big? Do you want well, to come back the, to the shallow end for a bit? The whole thing's kind of big. <laughs> so one of the things that really gets me about weird is the fact that you can hear the voiced opinion of, oh, well, if there's weird, I don't need to take responsibility for anything because it's already predestined and preset and I'm meant to do all of these things and I don't actually have to take responsibility for my actions because it's already predestiny wait though yeah you don't know what yeah the future is nope you don't so it's pointless to say i don't have to take responsibility because fate is pre everything is predestined mm -hmm. even if that's the case it's predestined for me to eat that entire cake to myself I don't have any guilt or responsibility over the fact that nobody else got a piece. But if you choose to eat the cake... Yes. You did say cake, didn't you? Oh, yeah. That's all right. I got I like a pic... Cake-related examples is where I'm at today. I got a picture of a cake in my head, but, I mean, that happens quite often, so I had mm -hmm. to just check it was... Little chocolate one with cherries on going, the cake is a lie. No, a really big chocolate one with cherries on. Mm. Little candle in the middle? Yeah. Little voice going, This is a child. <laughs> <laughs> Making a huge success. <laughs> it's hard to overstate my satisfaction. satisfaction. 
I'm going to stop doing that because I've got still got a sore throat and it's not going to it's not going to work well. <laughs> I do love that line though. We do what we must because, because we, we can. can. Yeah. So how does that fit into? Well, that, that's <clears> exactly you know, it. You've got to kind of square with the fact that if your fate is your actions in the past, waiting the actions that or the choices you will have in the future. Yeah. And so are everybody else's, and you are connected to everybody else. Yeah. I'm just sorry. I just want to throw in that line, that one line. Mm. We do what we must because, because we, can. we can. Actually, really rings for this. Yeah. When you were talking, when you you were talking there about, um, I don't need to take responsibility because I can. Whatever I choose to do is what's predestined for me to do. Yeah. This this can be a realization that some people go with, and we can't tell you how to heathen. Of course not. But all I will say <laughs> is that it's still, you know, you don't get to if you make a decision. Yes, it might be the decision that's written into the future history as the decision that you make. you make, yeah. but it's still your decision. Yes. So So you don't get to say, oh, well, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Everything went pants. <clears throat> the cake is gone. It was a lie. Yeah. Burp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not totally my fault. It was predestined that I ate the entire thing. So, yes, you might find some people say well i don't have to take responsibility for anything i don't have to have any hold any guilt for anything i don't have any responsibility for anything because all of my actions are predestined and therefore whoopee i'm gonna go do the things but for me it doesn't work that way mm. and i can't tell you how to do them but for me it doesn't we work can't that way. no we can't we can't but i've got to say it doesn't work that way for me either no my past actions Create the values that colour my choices in the future. Mm. Everybody else's past actions create and colour and create the choices that they take in the future. I am connected to everybody else. My actions and my choices and my values affect other people. Yeah. Their choices and actions and values affect me. So... If I am making choices, then I can look at perhaps sacrificing individuality for the good of community. Okay. I can look at the example of Tyr. Mm. Lost a hand. Lost his individuality to benefit his community. Lost one of his his, his, his specific <clears throat> individual yeah. merits. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the thing he was famous for, the, a major part of his... defining attribute A major part of his identity... Yeah. Or his self-identity. Gave it up for the benefit of his community, for the weird of his community, mm. for his shared community weird. He did that because he knew he would help the community benefit. But... His weird was attached to everybody <clears throat> else. If he'd sat there and said, well, I don't have to do anything <clears throat> because I don't need to take responsibility because everything will unfold as it must. Yeah. Would he have done that? Exactly. So... I mean, Odin does the same. He sacrifices an eye for a drink from Mimir's well for the ability to see. Mm. He gives something personal up, something individual up for the benefit of his community. But as far so as the when, Norns are concerned, yeah. that he might, they, they might say, well, that was what he was always going to do. Yes. But as far as he was concerned, that was the decision he made. And, it's, and if you, this leads you down an incredibly nihilistic path. Yeah. Because if you sort of start saying, well... Everything that happens is fated and predestined, and therefore I don't bear any responsibility for what I do. I don't have to improve my community. You have to dismantle the justice system. Yeah. 
Because you can't punish people for doing what's predestined. It's just yeah. what they, was written into their future history to do. So how do we have that in modern society? You have to stop <clears throat> judging people. You can't have social standards. Yeah. When somebody offends, um, you know, whatever level. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot of... Insults um, you. Well, I'm not going to get into sort of what constitutes offence. But, you know, um, there's a lot of debate on that online and all that kind of thing. But... You know, at whatever level, somebody somebody causes tremendous offence. Yeah. Um, you can't, if you subscribe to that idea, you can't think worse of them because that's just what they were, that's yeah. the groove they were written into. They couldn't have done anything else. And yet I find in modern society, I have a great desire to want to improve my community and want to do what's best for them and best for me. Yeah. But also best for them as mm. a whole, as a unit. If I... You're not being completely abnegation about this. I am totally not. The grey <laughs> is not my colour. It's not a good look for me. You know, the, the Vikings, yes, they have this incredibly fatalistic, almost nihilistic, stoic way of looking what what will be what be. Drew, you're weird. Fear profits man nothing. Yeah. You know, why would you be afraid of this? Why not choose to face it in a different way? So for them, it's the manner in which they face what happens. And also, that's a that's a counterpoint <clears throat> as well, isn't it? Or a, yeah. or a corollary, whatever you want to call it, is is you can't condemn an evildoer for doing evil because there is no concept of evil. Because if you if you if you say, well, we're all only doing, we aren't responsible what for we're what doing. we do. We're, yeah. we're, I mean, even in even in physics, there is a there is a, or, or sort of physics, cosmology, whatever. There is the the argument that the uni if the universe is entirely deterministic, as as yeah. some people have long argued, <clears throat> in that sense as well, we don't have. I mean, it comes into the whole free will discussion that the Christians have. Yes, yeah. You know, we can't choose to do other than what we actually end up doing. We think we're choosing, but actually we're just doing what so the it's universe. It's a magician's is. choice. Yeah. So yeah. so you think you're picking a card, but in reality you're really not. You have the same issue across the board. Whatever yeah. your theology, whatever your cosmology, it's all, it all comes. This question is 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 relevant, but also there's the question of the issue of if you can't condemn somebody for doing evil, nor can you praise somebody for doing good. a good thing. So you yeah. cannot. So the Vikings, if you want to put it in those in that mm. that cultural context, the Norse, the Vikings, whatever, yeah. when they go into battle, when they when they do something heroic, yeah. that's celebrated. Yay! What a heroic person this there is. There is no praise poem. But there is no ring giving. There is no honour. Yeah, you is can't no, praise somebody for doing something There is heroic. no runestone raised in their memory because there it's is no It's not them hero. that did it. It's yeah. just fate. Yeah. So for me, this word weird is complicated. Yeah. It's, it's four letters of a whole bag of ferrets, really. And for me, it's very much... I mean, you've got another idea of, of destiny and fate if you look at Dune. Okay. The Muad'Dib goes out into the desert at the birth of his son and he says, ah, I've put this off for too long, but this was what was always going to happen. I'm going to walk out, but I wanted to see the birth of my son first. Right. He'd been seeing the future. He knew that he was going to have to go yeah. and walk out and walk away, but he'd been putting it off and weaving the strands so he, he could stay for the birth of his son. Okay. And then he could walk away, but he knew he was always going to have to walk out. He had that walk away. Well, I say fixed point, but he had he had a, an event that was prescribed. Yes. Uh, so but he was says, able to, he you know, was able to fixed bend point in time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was able to bend things enough to, to to sort of change when it happened. Yeah. Terminator. So, yes, the Terminator. The the 
absolutely <clears throat> mangled timeline that is the Terminator films of what went yeah. on there and how did that and why and can I do spoilers for Terminator? I think you can probably for do about the next just the original one. No, for the, the first three. For the first three, I think we can probably cope for the next minute or yeah. so. Do it, do it, do it. The um the in uh, Terminator one, you have Judgment Day, the great big nuclear yeah, yeah. holocaust that wipes out everybody. In the second film, uh, they take various actions and it finishes up with they've 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 averted it it's not going to happen now mm. and then of course in the third film it turns out that actually yes it is going to happen it's just going to happen differently and at a different time yeah and we have the same flex of fate yes this event i mean the the, it the will line spring back into shape even it doesn't matter how far you bend it out or try and bend it out yeah the line that runs through the terminator franchise is there is no fate yeah. but what we make for ourselves and and of course then it turns out that actually that's not entirely true yeah no so then, you know, you're kind of sat thinking, well, if there is no fate but that which we make for ourselves, or is everything predestined, or can you sit in the middle? Can mm. you say, like the Doctor, certain points are fixed points in time that you cannot change. Yeah. Other stuff you can kind of bend about a bit. Yeah. So maybe for me as a heathen, remembering that I can't tell you how to heathen, it's about being able to make decisions day to day. Yep. that affect me on my level, that affect my community in some way, in small levels. But when it comes to large fixed points, these things will happen and it doesn't matter how I approach them, Yeah. which direction I come from, I am going to pass through that point and then go through that point onto the choices that will open up to the next fixed point. Mm. So can I look at fate... Can I look at weird? Can I look at Orlog? Can I look at shared Orlog as a kind of part fixed point and part personal choice? Mm. The society we're in now values personal choice. It values the ability to vote. Yeah. It values the ability to do community service, to be able to assist people in your community by volunteering. Yeah. It values these things and it doesn't look at fate is an entirely predestined thing. If you look at the poem Beowulf, there's a, a theory, I think it's by oh, Blast, who's it by? Warner, I think. And he looks at the images of fate and the descriptions of fate in Beowulf are lessened or moderated or pushed down in the pieces that have been reworked by Christian scholars. Okay. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's the great thing about academia. It can throw ideas out and you'll sit there and go, hmm. But if you have predestined fate, what is there for a Christian God to do? Well, this is <coughs> this is you one of the... A, a God who is omnipotent and omnipresent and omniviewing, and I can't remember what that word is. Omniscient. That's it. One of those. Omniscient means knows everything. Yeah. Omnipotent means all-powerful. Yeah. Omnipresent means he's always there, Om obviously. Yes. So, you know, Christian God will say when, you know, Jesus is saying, the ultimate anarchic rebel will say, whenever two or more of you are present, I am there. Yeah. All good. I'm, I'm good with him. He's kind of cool. But when you get that clash in northern Scandinavia between the incoming Christianity and the, the religions that are already there, yeah. they have this kind of clash over what fate is and how you 
reconcile the concept of fate in Viking cultures, in Scandinavian cultures, with this concept of an all-present, all-knowing, all-seeing God who directs your fate, but well, doesn't have. I mean, you any have kind of their their relationship to fate is a completely different thing. You have this theological um, discussion in 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 Christianity. I mean, and it's and it's it ties into theodicy, the problem of evil. Mm. Um, and this is this has been something that a lot of a lot of people when they're when they're trying to uh, sort of disprove Christianity or they're trying to to to, to sort of uh, um, take a step from it. I don't want to say debunk yeah. it, you know, but they're 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 trying to sort of rebut Chris, mm. Christianity as a uh, refute Christianity as a as a as a model, and they'll often say, well, you know, if 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 God is all these things, God is omni omnipresent, God is omni omni uh, omniscient. Mm. So he's he's always there. He's everywhere at once. He sees and knows everything. Yeah. He is all powerful, and he is all loving and good. Yeah. And yet evil exists. And if you have all those four elements as a precondition for what God is, evil should not be able to exist. But then you put that against the Old Testament God. Your the, God is a jealous God. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. You but shall it, have but, no other gods but me. But Can they suggest old... that there were other gods? Yeah, well, so indeed, how yes. do you... But that's yeah. the thing. In, in the Old Testament, those four preconditions don't apply. No. God is not omnibenevolent. He can be very nasty. He can be very cruel. Yeah. He says himself, as you say, I, I the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. He's also not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. It's after Cain kills Abel, isn't it? Mm. And God comes on Cain walking in the garden and he says, where is your brother? Why and, do you not and, know and, where and your Cain, brother is? Well, exactly. And Cain says to him, am I my brother's keeper? You know, why, why would you expect me to know everything Dude, he does? You what know? am I supposed to know that for? Yeah. Um, now, God then says, <clears throat> Abel's blood cries, for me to, cries to me from the ground. Mm. So, yes, and now I'm looking at the situation, I can see what's happened. But he, it, it, it very much implies that he doesn't know initially it's a where very Abel is. question to start with. So in the Old Testament, those four preconditions don't apply. In the New Testament and, and in modern Christian understanding of God, they do. So, but, and that's something that, that Christianity has. People think, oh, well, I've, I've, I've nailed you now. You know, Christianity yeah. can't be... That's they, not funny. They, they often... Do... I apologise, I did not. <laughs> I did not intend any such pun. That's not funny. Um, but people sort of sort of look at that and they say, well, I've, you know, I've, I've got you, I've disproved Christianity. They don't, they don't sort of take into account the fact that Christians themselves, Christian theologians, have been arguing this for, for a thousand years. God, I would love heathen theologians to put right arguments for a thousand years. What an incredible body of theology ah. we would have for this faith. Um, but we don't. We have very, very few. We have theologians now who are starting to dig into these questions and starting to look at, you know, if fate was that to the Scandinavian people, mm. what is weird to us now? Yeah. This central concept of heathenism, of, you know, this Anglo-Saxon word, this old Norse word, what is it to us now in this society? Mm. How does it work for us now? And that is a big question. Yeah. That is one that, yeah, we've, we've already been kind of rambling quite a while. We've only kind of scratched the surface of this. I think As per usual, we've given you some good starting points to go and dig into it for yourselves. 
Or we've just bored you senseless, one or, or the other. Or that too, or you've just kind of kicked back and enjoyed the vibe around the virtual campfire, and that's good too, we're all as, good with this. As you may have worked out, especially if you've followed us through 66 episodes by now, <laughs> we don't script these. No, um, <laughs> we don't. But, um, it, I mean, it is a huge question. And the thing is, when you start, when you start to consider fate as a concept, whether it's in... Norse theology or, or in any other yeah, I'm context. I'm going to say, in Greek tragedy, it's kind of like the the hero's flaw is what causes ultimately causes their fate. Yeah. And that's a well, whole... Well, their fate is their flaw. Yeah. The, that's a whole kind of different understanding of, of fate and what happens and where it goes. And But yeah, whichever this, way you look at it... kind of big. Whichever way you look at it, you it, it can only be... It can only ever be a jumping off point, a starting point. It's yeah. like you, you start... You find yourself branching off into so many different things yeah, that going, this... Well, if that's right and I pull on that bit of thread, it, it pulls a loop out there and changes that bit. So how do I reconcile that with that and that? and ooh. Oh, so, now, yeah. you see, I'm thinking now again... <laughs> Star Trek again, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, do it, do it. There's do a it. Voyager episode, and I think it's it's a two-parter, and is it called A Year of Hell? Where the armor Voyager. I th- is, oh. it, is it that one? There's, there's one anyway where I, I call myself a Trekkie. That's two episodes I've not been able to remember the names of. They they do a huge, big, like, year-long time loop, and they end up putting a huge, big armor shell on Voyager, and it looks very cool. They've got or a, it did look very cool. Somebody's got a ship with a time drive on it. Okay. And he, there's been some catastrophe that's befallen his planet. Yeah. And he's using his time ship to keep going back and changing things to try to make it that his planet doesn't yeah, yeah. happen. And, and all that's happening is he's trying to fix things, but all that's happening is he's making <laughs> things worse because he's changing this and it's having all these unexpected yeah. butterfly effect consequences that he hadn't considered would, would, would happen. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with Nero waiting for Spock in the Star Trek film. Yes. It's that same kind of, this has happened and I want to not, it's got to not happen. Well, that was just... The reason he goes back in the first That was place. just weird. Why he didn't just go to Romulus in his massive futuristic mining ship and, yeah, go, and go, right, here's your proof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same with DS9 episode Trouble with Tribbles. Yes. Where they end up going back into the past. And the time agents just sit there and go, oh, we hate Kirk. (laughs) What the hell are you doing to our timeline? Stop it. Quit it. Quit it. So, Uh, yeah, there's lots of... At the risk of degenerating into a Star Trek podcast. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with Star Trek. There is totally not anything wrong with Star Trek. Um, But it it does serve for useful examples of how you can look at time, how you can look at fate... What fate was then, is that the same as fate is now? How do you, as a heathen, how do you view your past actions affecting your future ones? Yeah. How do you see that the values you hold, the experiences that you've had, will colour when you come across situations in the future? They will colour how you deal with that situation. Yeah. And that is tied into everybody else. Everybody in your family, everybody in your kindred, your siblings, your parents, your brothers, and you know the people you're married to, your kids. Yeah. Their weird is twisted with yours. Your siblings' weird is twisted with yours. Yeah. Your parents' weird, your grandparents' weird, the weird of your ancestors colours yours. Mm. And that's just like. Wow. Yeah. So, a lovely listeners, 
I'm just going to kind of chill out and go look at the stars for a bit because they're kind of smaller than this. <laughs> <laughs> we will leave you around the virtual campfire. I was going to say, the pistol star called. Yeah. It wants a word with you. It wants this universe back. <laughs> yeah. I ain't littler than nobody, it <laughs> Yeah, says. okay, fine. The y Great Annihilator is coming through the cat flap. Why is Mayoris? Also... Why is it cats always have the majority on flaps? Take your cat and your flap and... Can I say that on a podcast? No, probably not. Are we a f we're a family podcast, Mostly, we? okay. yeah. Go away! Thank Take you. your cat and your flap and go away! That's yeah. Don't worry, we'll put the quote in the thing. You know where to find the show notes by now. Yeah. Come on into it on Podbean, and we'll put some links to some of the random stuff we've discussed in this episode. For now, we're going to leave you sat around the virtual campfire, just pondering all of these connections. We will talk to you all next time. If you want to find us online, my name's Suzanne Martin. I'm on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans, and I'm also on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. And if you want to find me, uh, the options are a little more limited now, but if you uh, want to come and find me at my uh, shabby excuse for a website, which is at glassrain.net, uh, you can drop me a message on there. Yeah, we're always good for having a natter. Yeah. Come and throw us a friend request. Come and say hi. Come and say, so What? where Where does that bit fit into that bit? We've got the brain cells left. We will tell you or we'll try and find out. <laughs> so lovely listeners. We will talk to you all next time in episode 67. Awesome. Awesome. See you next time, lovely listeners. Bye. Bye. Yeah, my brain's a bit blown now. I need to go find more coffee. Yeah, did you mention a cake earlier on? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you mentioned a cake.